Well, hello, church. I'm so pleased that you're joining with us to worship with us in our service as we continue to do these messages online. Uh, and as you know, we also will have the in-person church at the uh, Naples Grand Hotel on Sunday at 4 p.m. And so you can attend to either one of these, the online service or the in-person service. And, and we leave each person to his own conscious, conscience on this issue and with complete freedom to do as you determine best for you and your family. And so today we're going to continue our series with part five of following Jesus in today's world. And we're going to concentrate today on understanding the nature of our shepherd. Who is our shepherd? And what, is, what are the characteristics of his being our shepherd? We need to really drill down on that. So let's open with a prayer and ask God to deliver this message. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this church and for the heart of these people, Father. I thank you that you have protected them in every possible way. And now, Lord, I ask you that the message that we hear today be your message inspired by the Holy Spirit in every possible way, Lord, to give us today's truth that you would have for us. Lord, we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And so as we, we really study today about the nature of our shepherd, God is our shepherd, Jesus is our shepherd, uh, and we know about all the nature of the shepherd, but the world does not. In fact, the national surveys concluded that about 75% of all Americans, and this includes church-going Americans, perceive God as dictatorial, authoritarian, negative, critical, and distant. That's pretty sad when you think about it. That's the nature of the perception of 75% of the people in America about our God. Only 25% of Americans perceive God as loving and caring and nurturing. Uh, and so we want to really take a look at what the Bible says, what the historical record says about Jesus, and I believe this is our responsibility. We have to deliver this message to a lost world. And so it's important for you to know this because you need to educate that 75% of America that doesn't understand that. You need to be able to tell those people about how much God has loved you and cared for you and continues to surround you every day with his love. And so every person who is a Christian today should be able to say to their friends or their family, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, and I recognize that we all have flaws, and because of the fact that we have flaws, many of us find it difficult to say, follow me, because we say, well, how can I say that? I look at the personal issues in my own life, uh, and I can't really advance that position. But Jesus expects you to do that. And so even as we all have perceived flaws, the question really is this, what is going on in your life that is either a stumbling block or a stepping stone? And God wants you to address those issues. And the truth is that everyone in some ways has all of these issues going on. All of us have these issues. And so the question really is, are you a stumbling block or are you a stepping stone to the world, to the, to the advancement of, of the kingdom of God? Uh, and that's part of this lesson today as we address the need 
to talk about our shepherd. And now Jesus discussed this issue, very much so, and he said, if you turn to Matthew 18, verse 8, Jesus, as usual, said it better than anybody else could say it, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. And all of this relates to the issue as he, as he started this dissertation on woe to the world to people that cause other people to sin. And so if you are a stumbling block in this world, and if you are because of that nature, causing people to sin, Jesus is setting a very high mark for you. He's indicating you that if it's your hands that are sinning, cut them off, or your feet that is sinning, cut them off, or your eye that's causing that sin, gouge it out. Now, he doesn't expect you literally uh, to do a physical operation, but he's talking about a spiritual operation. In other words, to be concerned about the aspects of your life that, that are causing other people to sin. And that's something that we have to think about in this, in this message today, because we are going to read and study about Jesus as our shepherd, our caring, nurturing, leading shepherd. And so if we have a shepherd that is leading us through life, leading us into the gates of heaven, then what is our role as we follow him? What does Jesus expect for us? Uh, and, and so one of the key issues for us right out of the gate is how do we cause people to stumble? And I would say that the principal thing that we do uh, in causing people to stumble is not to love them, not to care for them, to live for ourselves and not to live for other people. And so think about your own life and those people that surround you. Are you nurturing and affirming and loving and, and giving that kind of leadership to people? Are you demonstrating that you are truly a, a leader in the kingdom of God, a follower of Jesus Christ? Because Jesus demonstrated, again in Matthew 18, about his care for the lost sheep. And we are the sheep. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse uh, 11. And there he says there, What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So that is the nature of of your God, of your Father. That's the nature of his love and nurturing for you. He will not let you get lost. He will not let you wander off. And if you do, he will pursue you, even to the extent that he will leave the 99 in order to get the one. And as he indicates there, that the joy in the kingdom of heaven is enormous when that one is found, when that one is brought back. And that's the nature of how we have to uh, advise the world about our relationship with Christ. This is who our shepherd is in every way. And so as you study this, you realize that God 
cares for us as individuals. It's not a collective issue. It's an individual. And you know, I've said this before, that when Jesus was on the cross, he had your name printed in his palm. That means he died for you individually. He didn't die for a denomination. He died for you individually. And that's the nature of his love. And so God cares for us uh, as individuals. And uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 speaks eminently of this, where, where it says, quote, he, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. What a great picture. This is about God, really, that he will feed us and nurture us just like a shepherd, that he will gather the lambs and hold them in his arms and carry them, uh, gently leading them through the difficulties of life. That's what God promises to do for you. And for those of you who have been lifelong Christians, you know that that's the case. Each one of us would have a testimony about that, that truth. And so we love the image of God as a shepherd, and we love the image really of us as sheep. However, if you study the characteristics of sheep, as I have done, you will determine that sheep are amongst the dumbest animals in the world. It's incredibly true. Uh, and they typically will go astray. They typically will wander off. They'll often fall off cliffs. Uh, they don't know when to stay in a pasture or where to stay near an area where, it's, where good water is available. And so they constantly need to be cared for and nurtured. Um, in fact, Isaiah 53, verse 6, speaks to that issue. Quote, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And that's really the nature of sheep. They're, they're just animals that, that do not have the intellect to know what's best for them. And so that's what the shepherd does, nurturing them, caring for them, leading them in every possible way. And so if you turn to um, John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus speaks about his relationship to us as the shepherd. He says there, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. What a great picture there that is of, of the nature of Jesus Christ as our shepherd, indicating that the sheep know his voice. And we know that that's true with sheep in this world. They know the voice of the shepherd. That's how they follow the shepherd. They hear the voice and they follow it. Uh, and, and so here Jesus is saying that his sheep know his voice and they follow me. And follow me in that passage means to deliberately follow, to comply with the uh, instructions, to be obedient in every way. And so we come to realize, we come to realize as the sheep of our Lord, that God's plan for our lives is much better than our plan for ourselves. Uh, and all that he does for us is all for our ultimate good in every possible way. Well, I suppose that if you study the role of the shepherd uh, and the role of Jesus as our shepherd, you can't get away from looking at Psalm 23. 
a psalm of David, and theologians believe that this psalm of David was written when David was an old man. And there's some truth to that as you drill down on this passage, but I'd like to read it with you as we begin to study this, as it relates to our understanding of our shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And let me begin by stopping at that verse. I shall not be in want. What does that mean? It means that I recognize that his love for me as my shepherd indicates that he will give me everything that I need. Everything, every requirement that I have will be met by my Lord. I shall not be in want. I will never be in want. He will take care of me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this classic psalm speaks volumes about the relationship of the sheep to the shepherd, about our relationship to the Lord, our God, as our shepherd. And so as we move down through the verses, we see here that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And the issue there is that sheep don't have the intellect to even know what are green pastures. They don't have the intellect to understand this is where they should go. And so even as they are being led to a green pasture, they have to be led to lie down in that pasture, to effectively stay there and house themselves in that, uh, in that pasture uh, because they don't have the mental acuity to understand that. And so they need to have things done to them in order to keep them alive. And so even as the green pastures lie before us, we still need God to make us lie down in them because God knows what's best. Because many times we might be in green pastures and we don't even recognize that it's a green pasture. And God's will for us is that he lead us to where those pastures are. Uh, Also, Sheep have the tendency to wear out the pasture. Uh, and when they wear it out, not to know that they need to move on. That's another characteristic of sheep. Well, the shepherd recognizes that, and so the shepherd decides when the sheep have to be moved to a new pasture. Uh, and when they do that, how to be given water to drink. This is such an interesting subject to me in my own life, because I can tell you that there have been times when God has moved me spiritually to move on when I didn't recognize that it was time for me to move on. Uh, Because we have a tendency as human beings to want to camp out where we're comfortable. You see, we know where we are. We know the people around us. We feel comfortable with those people around us. And yet it is not the will of God that we stay there. God has greater spiritual things in mind for us. And in order to do that, he wants to lead us to new green pastures. That's the role of the shepherd, and we bow to that role. Uh, and so even then, as he leads us to the new, the new pasture and leads us to water, I have researched and found that often the sheep don't even know how to drink the water, that the shepherd has to bring the water to them. That's the nature 
of that relationship. And that's what God promises you that he will do. So he will lead you to pastures, he'll lead you to lie down, and then he'll lead you away when he determines that it's time to find an even better, a better pasture where the, that old pasture has been worn out. And then it, it, we further understand this psalm to indicate that the Lord promises to protect you. Um, and, and when it says he will find green pastures and still waters, it means a safe place, an affirming place, a place where you can grow spiritually uh, and be at peace with God in every way in an affirming relationship. And so the loving shepherd does that for you. He brings you to those places and even will bring water to the sheep if, if the shepherd determines that that's necessary. And then we understand that the Lord, as our shepherd, will lift you when you fall. Uh, and the passage that says that he restores my soul, he restores my soul. What does it mean there? Well, one of the things that you learn when you study the characteristic of sheep is you learn that sheep fall down easily. They will go over cliffs, they will go into ditches, uh, and when they fall, they have great difficulty getting back up again. And so the shepherd constantly has to keep his eye on these sheep. Uh, because if he sees them going by a cliff, he knows that when they fall, uh, he's going to have to go and pick them up and bring them back uh, and restore them. That's what the restoration is. Now think about your own life in this regard. Think about all the things that you need for restoration. Uh, and that includes finances, relationships, health, uh, faith, even self-esteem. All of these issues that require really restoration and God as your shepherd recognizes that and he will advance that in your life. What a great picture this is that God is as our shepherd. And then the psalmist informs us that the Lord guides our very step. The shepherd needs to guide us because the sheep have absolutely no internal sense of direction. They are very nearsighted. Uh, and they always walk near dangerous ground. And so what, what the shepherd wants here, he wants to lead us, and he wants us to follow as obedient sheep. Does that sound like us, the tendency to be nearsighted and not to be able to see far enough down the road of our life, only to look at those things that are within our immediate purview? And you understand that. And that's the shepherd aspect of God, that he wants to take you away from those pratfalls and to, and, to, and to bring you to a place where you will have great peace uh, and affirmation. And so the Lord as our shepherd also promises to walk through the problems of life with you. This is a great picture of the shepherd and, and, and that passage there that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. How many of us have walked through the valley of the shadow of death and didn't even know we were in the valley, right? We may have been surrounded by evil. There may have been so many dangers that we were being exposed to, and yet God protected us. I can talk to the, the current uh, virus that we're surrounded by. How many of us have in some way been exposed to this virus, and yet God has protected us? God has delivered us. God has kept us healthy. Right there, this entire church should bow before the throne of God 
and thank him. And so you see that he's there with you, not just in the pasture land, not just in the, in the water fountains of life, but he's there with you through the valley of the shadow of death, walking with you every step of the way. And I can bet that when David wrote this psalm as an old man, uh, when he wrote that passage, he was thinking of the giants, not just Goliath, but Goliath's brothers who were all giants. And there he was as a young boy out there facing that giant, but he could say that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. And that's what God wants us to stay, uh, to, to recognize that he's our shepherd. That's the nature of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. That's why this message is critical for you to deliver to that 75% of America that doesn't believe that God loves them. Uh, but you believe it, and now you should be able to write this. This promise, through the valley of the shadow of death, means that the Lord will stand with you when you face your own giants, when you face the possibility of death. He will walk with you every step of your life. He will walk with you right through the bad health diagnosis. And if possible, at the time when you're ready to be called to heaven, he will walk with you and walk from this life into the next life with you, holding your hand. What a great shepherd we have. What an incredible statement this has. And so we learn here also in this psalm that the Lord will comfort us. Uh, the, the passage here says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And let me explain something to you uh, theologically. When you view this as the rod and the staff, I don't want you to think really of this as an offensive weapon. The rod and the staff are not there to beat the sheep. They're not there to inflict harm. Rather, they're there to lift the sheep out of trouble uh, and, and to protect them uh, against the enemies of this world. That's what the rod and the staff are there for. And so really, theologically, we know that in Scripture, the rod symbolizes the Word of God, the Word of God, and the staff symbolizes the Spirit of God. What a great picture that is, that, that the shepherd is walking with the Spirit of God. Uh, and, and, and the word of God in every aspect of our life. What a beautiful picture this is of the relationship of the shepherd to us. And then we learn that the Lord anoints us with oil, that he pours the oil over our head. And he does this for the sheep because when he does this, the sheep have various cuts and wounds uh, as they traverse some of these very difficult pa passages and they need to be anointed, and it is the oil of the Lord that anoints them and heals them. And it's the same with us. We are anointed with the oil of the Lord uh, in this life as he protects us in every possible way. And so as followers of Jesus, we learn that God never gives up on us. He never does. And so even though God loves us and has our best interests in mind, sometimes we as distracted sheep will wander away, will go astray. And so in these circumstances, God will send out a search party for you. He will not let that one sheep go off by himself and be abandoned. God would never do this. He will continue to search for you in a powerful way. If you have a chance, open your Bible to Psalm 139, verse 7.
Psalm 139, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will be not dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. What a great passage this is. Recognizing that we can't hide from God. That when we are his child, he sees us wherever we go. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of darkness because he is the light that cuts the darkness aside. It doesn't matter if it's at the bottom of the sea or the top of the highest mountain. He is there. His spirit sees us. He will never abandon you. It paints a vivid, a vivid picture here of how the father stands with his arms wide open, embracing us and loving us and inviting us to come back home to be a part of his kingdom. We understand that's the nature of the protecting power of our God. And so as followers of Jesus, uh, we need to learn that as our shepherd seeks us, so should we also seek others. And that's a big part of this message. You have a responsibility here that even as Jesus is your shepherd, and even as you are following your shepherd, you need to let other people know that they need to follow Jesus as well. And so we need to speak to a lost world uh, about our true shepherd, about what it means to have him guiding and, and walking besides us. Uh, and so we know that when the shepherd loses the sheep, he wraps the wandering sheep uh, around his neck and shoulders, and he carries that sheep back home again. This is a key point for you to understand. God will never abandon you. He will seek you. He will find you. He will lift you up. He will put you around his neck and he will carry you home. And so as we study scripture, we learn very much that God rejoices when lost people come to repentance, just as we should. Uh, Jesus understood that fact uh, even as he went to the cross. And he understood that the nature of the call on his life was to save untold billions of people who would come to have faith in him even though his death would be difficult uh, and he would endure great suffering. Uh, he knew about that. He knew what to expect because he was God. Yet he set his face on what the task was and he stepped forward in order to deliver each and every one of us to salvation. Uh, and so it is because of this great thing that Jesus did for us that all of us receive forgiveness uh, and we'll all have the chance to be with Jesus and our families that have preceded us in heaven. And so, as we ponder the great gift that God has given us, as we ponder the nature of his loving, affirming nature, we need to consider our own responsibilities uh, as followers of Jesus today. And what are those responsibilities? In that regard, uh, consider the great words of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, and it says there, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author 
and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the verse that should guide every day of your life, uh, recognizing the call of God on your life uh, to be the sheep of the kingdom of God and to lead other people. And so we know we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We recognize that, that in this world, we know that the spirit world surrounds us and watches us. And so we should lay aside all the weights of sin, which easily ensnare us, and keep our focus on the cross and not get uh, stuck with sin, but look at our shepherd as our shepherd loves us and wants to lead us, as our shepherd now sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Look, the last verse of Psalm 23 is very important. Uh, and it says there, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In some translation, mercy is, is called love. Goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And so I would ask this question for you. And you don't answer this to me, you answer this in your heart to God. As we reflect on this message and as our role as followers of Jesus in today's world, how many of us can actually say that those people that observe our life will observe goodness and mercy following me around? Will people say that about you, that wherever you go, wherever I see John, uh, I will say that goodness and mercy and love follow him around because if they don't say that then we are not following in the steps of our Lord then we are not walking as the kind of sheep that he wants us to be that we are not carrying the cross of Jesus Christ and this is a concern and so you need to address that issue because Jesus expects you to walk and be followed by goodness and mercy effectively the perfume in this world of Jesus Christ because if you have Jesus with you then goodness and mercy follow you every day of your life. Look, in closing in this message, I want to cite John chapter 13, verse 35. that says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, there it is. If you love one another, that's the essence of letting people know you are part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He is your shepherd. Why? Because you love one another. You care for one another, just as he cares for you. The love and affirmation that he has for you, you give to a lost world. And so this is the very love that needs to follow us around uh, as we, we put this out to a lost world who looks at us, who watches us. Look, we wanna be stepping stones. This is what it means to be a stepping stone. We don't wanna be stumbling blocks. We want to lead others to the kingdom of God and to the understanding of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message, Father. I thank you for the fact that you have been our shepherd, that you have been with us and protected us in so many ways, leading us through so many difficulties and enhancing our lives, Lord, because of your love. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done. I thank you, Father, also now that this message that you have given us, I ask that it resonates in the heart of our church, that we reflect on it daily, that we constitute and continue to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and what it means to have you as our shepherd. Father, we put all of this 
In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you, church. We love you.